You are listening to the Women in Youth Ministry podcast. My name is Heather Lee Kennison, and I am the host of this podcast as well as the founder of Women in Youth Ministry. We are a part of the Youth Cartel Podcast Network, and a link to that network can be found in our description box. You can check out our website, womeninyouthministry.com, to read our blog, follow our social media, and join our Facebook community. Thank you so much for tuning in to celebrate the voices of women. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Women in Youth Ministry podcast. This week, our guest is Anna Maciel. Anna, go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners. Who are you? Where are you? And tell us something unique about you, totally unrelated to ministry. Hi, Heather. So thank you for having me on the podcast. Super excited to be a part of the Women in Youth Ministry community. Um, So about myself extracted from the titles of mother and youth pastor. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I am uh, a Brazilian immigrant. So I came to the United States when I was four. So I have that kind of um, Latina background. Um, But I have been in ministry for eight years now. And as a person, uh, I'm not super exciting, honestly, I don't think, uh, I just really love coffee and that's like my survival juice, coffee and Jesus. Um, and in terms of hobbies, like I just sit around and watch Netflix whenever I have a free moment. Cause I'm a mother to two little people, ages five and two years old. Um, so that's basically all I have time to do for fun lately. <laughs> what are you watching on Netflix right now? Uh, my husband and I are working through um, all the seasons of community for the first time. And I'm really enjoying that one. Nice. Yeah, it's, really, it's a fun watch. Yeah, I keep meaning to watch community, but I just like, I don't know, I like go to start it and then I like go and rewatch something else I've watched a million times already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, on a watching by myself, I'm just rewatching Gilmore Girls for mm-hmm. the second time. Yeah. Yeah, it's good classic. show. Good show. So talk to us about how you got involved in ministry. You can include your testimony, your call story, and uh, talk about what you're doing today. Okay. So I grew up Catholic. Um, and in high school, my family, so kind of the long story, short, abridged version, right? My family went through a time of crisis in high school. So I was about a freshman, I think. So we were on the brink of my parents' marriage falling apart, of losing our home, my dad was really sick. Um, his companies that he, he's an entrepreneur immigrant. So he had started a construction company and that was going under resulting in a lot of debt Why the house was being taken away. Um, so we were just in this really ugly place. And um, my kind of testimony, so to speak, is really God just rescuing my family from that hole. Wow. And he brought healing to my parents' marriage. He uh, let, let us keep our home, which is awesome. Um, and restored my dad's health. And because of that, so, so this all happened really miraculously. So I like witnessed an exorcism and my dad, like all the, the crazy, like Pentecostal stuff mm-hmm. been there. 
saw that. <laughs> and it was really awesome. wild to go from a Catholic background where like I used to fall asleep in mass and not nothing against my friends in, in Catholicism, uh, yeah. but it just like wasn't the fit for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I did not have a good relationship with the Lord. So for God to just miraculously step in and intervene, turned our entire family's life around. And it wasn't just like my testimony. It was my family's testimony. And because of that, in high school, I started to um, participate in a youth group at a um, Assemblies of God church. And from there, discovered that there is such a thing as youth ministry and you can go to school for it. And there were Christian colleges like this. It opened up this whole world that I was just like in the dark about. Um, so when it came time for me to apply for schools, I was just doing Google searches and originally wanted to go into art therapy. But then I started, I was curious. I was like, I wonder if Christian colleges exist. And lo and behold, right, there's like this whole slew that comes up on um, the Internet and the local to me. So I grew up in Lynn, Massachusetts after moving to the United States. Um, so local to me, I found Gordon College and they had youth ministry. I was like, oh, wow, that would be interesting I wonder what that's all about um so I tell my kids in ministry now I'm like don't do what I did because what I did was insane I just took this huge leap of faith (laughs) and I basically had the audacity to bargain with God (laughs) and I was (laughs) I was like um God if you want me to go into youth ministry and serve you then I'm just going to apply to Gordon college. And if I get in, then that's what I'm doing. And I only apply, (laughs) I only apply to one school. Um, and God was merciful on my poor immature soul (laughs) and he let me in. So I went to school, met my husband, right. Ring by spring, whole deal. And, (laughs) um, yeah. And right. Fresh out of college. I've been serving here at Trinity community church in Norwood, Massachusetts since. So it's been kind of a wild ride, um, to just be thrown headfirst into all of Christianity, right? And like um, things that most people just grow up knowing about. I'm still like kind of getting the gist of things. That's awesome. And then what do you do at your church? And tell us a little bit about kind of the area you serve. We were talking before the call, you are in New England, which is kind of a different place to lead church in. Yeah, so New England, the frozen chosen, it's a (laughs) a fun place. Um, hard people, um, rocky soil in their hearts, right? So it's definitely a unique area to minister in. We don't have friendly faces in the grocery store, <laughs> um, which is fine because I have an RBF, um, so I blend in well. <laughs> um, I, tim- I mean, intimidate people, not intentionally at all, but yeah. Same. <laughs> it's great. It's RBF club. Um, so New England is awesome. The church that I'm serving at, have been serving at, uh, I serve as the youth ministries director and now I'm also the director of communications. So my role has kind of expanded a little bit over the years. Great. So this season on the podcast, we are interviewing youth pastors who have done something really creative or interesting or innovative in their church. And at your church, you reinvented the lock-in. Now, (laughs) I know that everyone has a strong opinion about lock-ins and overnighters. I am strongly pro-overnighter, but you are anti-overnighter. So I'm going to give you a chance to share why are you anti-overnighter, or at least why did an overnighter not work for your context? 
Yeah. I mean, God bless you, sister. <laughs> and being I have pro. Next, next Friday <laughs> is my overnighter. So go, go easy on me. <laughs> I'll be praying. I'll be praying for you. <laughs> um, yeah. So for a, a huge number of years, um, so I've been in, in the youth ministry game uh, full-time doing this awesome gig for eight years now. And for a big portion of that, um, so half the time, actually, if you do the math, right? So that's four years. For four years, we did um, an all-nighter that comes locally to us and invites lots of different youth groups. And um, they bring in a guest speaker and then we spend the rest of the night going to different locations to do activities and all that. So after four years of doing this, um, kind of getting a good bearing on youth ministry, I took a step back and kind of reevaluated why we're doing this and is it working? And the answer I came to is it's not working and it's not worth it because a lot of my team, including myself, right? Um, it takes a toll on you physically and we're just tired. Um, and not only the physical exhaustion, which, you know, I, I love sleep. So for things to get in the way of sleep, but I'm also a night owl. So it like, it's a weird mix. Um, so I could handle the all-nighters mostly, but my youth team, they were just like, I hate this. It takes me two days to recover. And the older I've gotten, the worse it's gotten. Yeah. Um, but not just the physical side of things. The, the biggest thing that struck a chord with me and, um, another one of my youth pastor friends in the area, we kind of sat down to talk about it. And we we're like, yeah, we're doing this, but this just, and he was feeling the same way. He's like, yeah, this isn't working for my kids either. Um, the conclusion that we came to is that we have this outside organization bringing in these outside people to do kind of ministry on their terms. And again, right, we're in the New England context and things are just different here. People are different. And I think if we're going to reach the youth of New England, we need to do something that is a little bit more homegrown and context specific. Mm. Um, so we thought about it. We're like, okay, what if we just took the all-nighter and we cut it in half? Um, actually, we not cut it in half because that's still long. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we just made it much shorter more kind of to the point and partnered with other youth groups. Mm -hmm. So we came to um, what we now call the late nighter. The late nighter was birthed four years ago as a collaboration between myself and um, this other youth pastor in my area. His name's Mike McGarry. Hey Mike, I doubt he's ever going to listen to <laughs> women in youth ministry podcasts, but <laughs> we got lots of guys who listen, <laughs> but uh, I don't know if Mike's one of them. <laughs> he, he's a complimentarian. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we love you, Mike. Uh, Thanks for partnering. <laughs> yeah, we we pull his like all the time. So if he ever did listen to this, he knows. Um, <laughs> I love Mike. So Mike and I partnered together, and we decided, okay, let's do a late nighter, and we kind of outsourced the first three. Yeah. So I'll get to this year's and why it was really unique. But the first three we outsourced to um, local, what do you call them? Like entertainment complexes. There's one called Apex near us and it has like um, go-karts, arcade, laser tag, bump cars, you know, one of those places. Yeah. And we're like, basically said like, hey, we wanna get youth groups together. So it did it as like a corporate event, quote unquote, and kind of worked under 
their hours, their rules. So I think the first late nighter went from, I want to say like six o'clock to 10 or 11 p.m. Um, and we kept it simple. Just like, hey, let's get our kids together in the same room. Let's do some um, mixer games. Let's, one of us will bring the gospel message like clear to the point. And then afterwards the kids can just have a party and go and play and go-kart and hang out with the friends that kind of thing and then by 11 o'clock we're out of here <laughs> yeah. and we can go home to our beds um first one went well second one we did it again invited a couple more youth groups went well again covid covid year we did just myself and my friend josh perisky uh, he's at new england chapel in franklin massachusetts um and he funny enough we were actually in the same youth ministry class at gordon so we graduated together, sat, sat next to each other um, at graduation. He went to Colorado for ministry for a couple of years, came back to New England recently. And since we've just been partnering nonstop and it's been awesome. Um, so he's become almost like my best friend in youth ministry. We like to say now about each other. So it's been really cool. So Josh and I, COVID year, we did an event at a big, they call it the world's largest um, indoor go-gart track and it's really close by to us so that was awesome again really simple night there's a ninja course there too shared the gospel had just our youth groups come then 2021 came around and we noticed right like our kids are super hungry for connection Heather I'm sure you're seeing that in your context as well yeah and we recognized that and said hey I bet other youth groups are feeling the same way and they're looking for you know things that they can bring their their kids too and connect with each other so to kind of give context to 2021 and why it happened the way that it, that it did I have to kind of give a shout out to my uh, youth pastor huddle that was birthed in the 2020 um, COVID-19 pandemic so Berea I don't know if uh, are you familiar with Camp Berea in New England by any chance? I'm not. Yeah. Okay. So it's like big New England name. So Camp Berea here decided to start a youth pastor huddle local to the New England area where every Thursday um, the youth pastors gather online for an hour on Zoom. Someone, one of them leads a devotional and we just, uh, you know, support one another in ministry. Out of there grew a uh, text group where we're now texting each other basically every day with like prayer requests and each day, excuse me, it's um, somebody's turn to be prayed for. So we get to kind of share our heart and what's going on in our ministry in our context. And it's become like hands down, you know, COVID has sucked. The pandemic has sucked, mm -hmm. but I'm glad it happened because this came out of it. Right. It's been like the biggest blessing I know to my life and to the other youth pastors in this huddle. Um, so friendships were birthed and greater connection was, formed through this youth pastor network. So we have youth pastors from Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Maine. Oh, am I missing one? Oh, New Hampshire, right. And except for Vermont. So all of the New England states except for Vermont, because I don't know anyone out there <laughs> in Vermont. <laughs> um, so it's been really cool. And Josh and I were like, hey, we're doing the late nighter this year. And I said, yeah, why not? Let's go for it. But how about now we've got this like network and this group of youth pastors we're all familiar with. Um, we all know each other. We know our 
youth ministry context and everything, why don't we just invite them all, see who wants to come. Hmm. So awesome thing about 2021 is we had 10 youth groups band together for this late nighter. Wow. Over 200 students, which for New England, that's a big deal. For sure. Um, because we're all, we're all just a bunch of tiny churches, right? For the most part, with right. the exception of a few. And um, it has been the coolest thing this year, I think, for, for me. And I think in all of my years in youth ministry, just to have youth pastors come together, embrace the vision for what the late nighter is. It is this grassroots um, desire to reach our students and our context by partnering together. Um, it's not about us and our numbers. It is about simply spreading the love and the gospel of Jesus, right, to our teenagers, but showing them that, you know, church and youth group is about the body of Christ. So we had all these different um, mm -hmm. churches and youth groups partner together. And most of the youth pastors that were involved carried a piece of the, the night. So they, um, I had two of my youth pastor friends, MC, um, uh, and then we had breakout rooms. So let me explain how um, the night kind of was structured. Yeah. So it happened from six to 11, from six to, I feel like, remember it happened a month ago, but like so much has <laughs> happened in a month. I should have like had it in front of me. Um, from six to nine, the plan was to kind of have um, everybody together right in the, the main session. So we structured it almost around uh, kind of a conference feel, if that makes sense. So we have this big main session and then the last two hours were breakouts, but the breakouts were youth ministry games. So we had um, Nine Square and Gaga and bubble soccer, uh, laser tag, a photo booth, right? A craft room. So all these different mm. things to appeal to different um, kids. And then the main session consisted of, we brought in a local rapper, a local magician, Christian illusionist, um, a local worship leader, and one of our youth pastor friends from, I think she's in New York right now. She um, came and brought the gospel message and shared her story. And the biggest deal for me was that every other late nighter leading up to this one has been a male speaker. And this year, Josh and I were like, nope, gotta be a girl. It's about time. Yep. So um, I'm currently raising the roof for those of you uh, who can't see. <laughs> yes, it was fantastic. And she killed it, obviously, right? Yeah. Um, it was so cool, so well received. Um, yeah, so we just took, you know, this concept of lock-in and all-nighter and made it, um, I think more accessible for our context. Yeah. I think like, that's so important what you're talking about, like making sure that you contextualize things because, um, it's easy when we see that something's not working to either force it to work or throw it away completely. But where true innovation happens is trying to choose, uh, what, what pieces work, what pieces need to be adapted and what pieces need to be thrown out completely. Um, and, you know, we always, we kind of joke in youth ministry that we all just like steal from each other, right? Or <laughs> that, we're, that we're all you just like to. borrowing each other's ideas, right? Mm -hmm. but, it, but the beauty lies in contextualization. The beauty right. lies in 
saying what what does my contact specifically need and what is out there that I can borrow and truly contextualize to the needs of my students. Um, and and to take um, and, and you know you talked about this this group that put this event on and those groups work for some people but it's it's not for everyone and when mm -hmm. you have a group that has a specific set of needs that is where it really pushes the youth faster to say uh, I I got to do something different and I got to really adapt to the needs of my students so uh, I'm really thankful that you and and these other youth pastors said, my group needs something different and I'm going to figure mm -hmm. out what it is and, and make it happen for them. It's truly yeah. cool. Yeah. And it was really cool as youth pastors too, to just, you know, not be on an Island together. I think that was mm -hmm. um, emphasized for us in just the need for community and the need for sharing resources because, <laughs> so this is kind of a cool thing that's come out of this too. Like we share laser guns amongst okay. ourselves right so if we're going to do a laser night with our kids um we don't have to go and buy 40 guns and spend a fortune when we can just share the resources that our churches have right. um so it's like we truly are better together in youth ministry um and yeah it's just it's really beautiful to see a vision like that just come to life and be embraced for sure Sure. I know that, you know, most, so most women who are in ministry are at churches that are under-resourced, um, mm. you know, typically smaller churches, most women are bivocational or um, have a dual role, um, like you have youth and communications. And uh, so many women um, find that they don't have, have the money for the big flashy things that the big churches can have. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Or, um may not have the resources to put on a really great event because I only have so many kids in, in my youth group, but partnering with other churches can create an event that has kind of that big group feel, even if you don't yeah. have the big group in your church. Um, and you can also pull your resources to, to put on really cool things. Um, I think uh, sometimes we envy big churches because they have all the resources, but by um, partnering with other churches, you can put on those same things. So it's really cool. Right. Um, I would love for you to share a little bit about how you created this network of youth pastors and um, maybe give us some advice or encouragement for how we can create that network. Yeah. Um, so I can't take any credit for creating it. Um, <laughs> Josh actually, I think early in 2020, he's like, hey, there's this group text of pastors you want to be added to it? And I was like, um, <laughs> sure. Like I'm an introvert. So also group text, like, I don't want my notifications <laughs> blowing up. <laughs> um, but I was like, uh, okay, sure. And I'm so glad I said yes, because he just like threw me in and then I was able to meet all these people, but I think it really just started kind of naturally. Um, first it's the camp that um, kind of had the vision to create this safe space for youth pastors during the pandemic to huddle together on Zoom and do a devotional and be encouraged, right? So I think it started there, but I think it branched off because people were willing to go outside of themselves um, in seeking community. And I say uh, the willingness is important because too often we can let, um, and it's silly, it's totally silly, um, competition and competitiveness uh, in youth ministry, take over and kind of squash, right? These things that we so need, which is 
that partnering and community with other youth pastors. Like we don't need to be the ones that have all the answers. We don't need to be the ones um, to be the only youth pastor in our area. What is wrong with being friends with the youth pastor down the street? Nothing. Um, Because you're only going to serve your community better um, if you're going outside of yourself. So I think, you know, for people listening, I don't think you need the camp to quote unquote, like start it, right? You can, if you know another youth pastor already in your area, start there and um, create a text thread and say like, hey, let's um, be praying for each other. Even if you have a handful, um, be willing to kind of take the lead. So our youth pastor, our youth pastor, our youth um, pastor group has Uh, a youth pastor in Connecticut, he's the one that every day has kind of taken it upon himself to um, kind of push it forward. So I think you do need like that point person to keep it alive and keep it going. So every day, his name is Jeremy. Jeremy um, texts us in the morning. He's like bright and early because he's a dad too. So he wakes up early. Um, He says, hey, uh, happy Monday or for example, right? Today, we're going to be praying for Anna. And that's my turn to say like, hey guys, this is what's going on in my life and things that you can be praying for. And he just keeps it going. I don't know how he, I'd be interested to like grill Jeremy one day and ask him like how he does this and like keeps track. Um, But I think he has some sort of rotation schedule that he's um, working off of. And he he keeps it interesting, not gonna lie. Like some days, like today was um, everybody uh, send in a three word prayer request. So it's, everybody's chance to send something in and be praying for each other for example um but yeah if you know people in your area or even if you're a little bit siloed and you're in a state that doesn't have a lot of youth pastors just um yeah be willing to kind of take the charge to create something like that and I think even in the women in youth ministry uh Facebook group we we've seen that right like just Mm -hmm. this uh people reaching out for prayer and it's been really cool yeah for sure for sure I know like as you were talking about that, I thought about the, our Facebook group that we have, where we definitely like connect with one another and pray for one another. And, um, and I created that because I felt so lonely in ministry. I didn't really, I didn't know how to build connections and, um, yeah, I was feeling under-resourced. I was, I was feeling not supported and I wanted community and that's Mm -hmm. how it was born. And I think that youth workers feel so discouraged Church mm-hmm. ministry is a lonely place to be. And I think youth ministry is one of the loneliest places because we have a really odd job <laughs> and we're so yeah. misunderstood, I think, um, for a lot of reasons, or at least we feel misunderstood because we're real adults who do really weird things uh, mm-hmm. with our time and budgets. And um, there's a sense of loneliness there. And I think that connecting with other youth pastors is a necessity, um, even for your own self and soul care. But I think it also keeps you really sharp. Um, Mm -hmm. so 100%. Yeah. At the Mm -hmm. end of the year, we have year end evaluations. And last year, one of the things that, um, you write in your self-reflection portion is, um, where have you grown the most this year? And I actually wrote down, that I've grown the most this year through my podcast because I get to interview youth pastors. And last year I interviewed 24 youth pastors. And every time I walk away from recording one of these podcasts, I think, wow, like 
my skill, my skill set has been sharpened by listening to somebody. And, uh, mm-hmm. so to be honest, this is, this isn't just a hobby for me. This is my self-care and my soul care, getting to listen to ideas and, and learn from people and, um, become sharper. So I definitely That's thank so cool. you for, for being on. Cause it contributes a lot, even just personally, even selfishly, if no one listened to it, <laughs> I would still do this because it is so good for me. So, yeah, that's awesome. So we have a tradition. We have a question we always end the podcast with, which is we are the women in youth ministry podcast. What kind of word do you have for women listening? It could be a word of encouragement. It could be something you've been thinking about or praying about lately. It could, uh, it could be anything related or unrelated to your topic. Oh, snap. Um, I think my voice just cracked. <laughs> um, no pressure. Um, oh no. I'm like, I'm like, the, I love asking people questions, but I'm like the worst when I'm asked questions. Um, okay. So one word I would leave with women in youth ministry. Uh, um, not like one word. I meant when I said a word, I meant like, oh. like <laughs> I meant like, what's something you'd like to say? I think oh, a, word okay. is a, a wordy way to say it. <laughs> okay, my bad. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I'm really in a season where I'm just like praising God so hard for just the the network that I've been gifted here in New England because yeah to totally agree with you Heather I was super lonely before this and had I not been kind of thrown into that group text I think 2020 would have looked really bleak for me Mm. um so I think my encouragement to women in youth ministry is to really not like do not hold yourself back from um finding community, whether it's through the Women in Youth Ministry Facebook group page, um, or it's just by reaching out to somebody else that um, can kind of get where you're coming from, right? Like being in youth ministry, it is weird. It is strange. (laughs) Um, But having somebody else that you can talk to about what you're going through in ministry, because it is is unique. And I think we need that other pair of ears that gets where we're coming from and can relate. I think that's really important because yeah, I I'm on a staff with, it's just a staff of three people and I'm the youngest one on staff. I'm a woman. Everybody else is male. Um, it's my senior pastor and the children's ministry director. And, um, I, I was feeling lonely for a long time. And especially in the day and age that we are now, we know our kids are going through loneliness, right. And there's anxiety and depression on, on the loose. Um, for us, even in ministry, we desperately need that community. We need that encouragement. We need people. Um, so don't continue to live on that island and seek seek others who can be in the boat with you. Yeah, that's a word. <laughs> I now wonder how many people I've asked that question to who have been like, "Oh my gosh, I got to give one word." <laughs> oh no, uh, no, no. <laughs> Well, Anna, thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. Like I said, this, this is interviewing youth pastors is like my favorite thing in the world. I joke and say my first love is youth ministry. My second love is youth pastors because, um, I just learned so much. I get so much out of it. So I appreciate you being on and, um, 
yeah, I won't change my overnighter next Friday. <laughs> yeah, you you do you, girl. <laughs> I will say I've contextualized a lot about it. What what mm-hmm. I inherited when I came here and what I have now are two different things. And um, that's good. That's a sign of growth right there. Yes, yeah. for sure. And what's we- funny is my very first day on the job was our annual overnighter. Oh boy. Yeah. So next Friday I celebrate eight years of my church. Wow. Okay. Eight years. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for doing this, Heather. This is important work that you're doing. Um, I mean, the first day I came across women in youth ministry on Facebook page, I was like, no way. Like, this is a thing. I have the, she leads t-shirt. I was like, yes, my people. Um, (laughs) so thank you. Seriously. I don't know if people tell you that enough, but thank you for creating that community. I appreciate it. How can people connect with you or follow your ministry or work online? Yeah. Our, um, (laughs) our Instagram page is really janky. Um, because (laughs) I'm a working mom (laughs) and you know, social media and making it flashy is like the last thing on my list. Um, but it's at inside out TCC and my personal Instagram is, oh boy, it's at a flavor. (laughs) Let me spell it for you. It's, um, the at we'll we'll tag you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Um, a F L a V U H. Um, I met my full first name is Anna Flavia. So I joked with my best friend in high school. I was like, DJ, P Flav, and just, or A Flavo, whatever. And it, that's how it, that stuck. <laughs> um, it's weird, but it's, it's it. a play on my name. Yeah. That's great. So thanks again for being on. And thanks everybody for listening. We will see you next week. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to rate us five stars and follow us on Insta or Twitter at Women in YM. If you are a woman, we'd love to have you in our Facebook community. Go to womeninyouthministry.com to learn more. To listen to more podcasts from the Youth Cartel Podcast Network, go to the youthcartel.com slash podcast dash network.